0: We just wrapped up with former linebacker for Sacramento state and owner of digital cartel media, Cody Allen. And uh, that was a really, really good episode. We say that every time, but, and we mean it every time, but this one was really good. I think here's the reason I say that is because I think he, since he played college football, he tells us kind of his whole story of where he started as an athlete and where he is today as a business owner. And There's a lot of stuff that he, he packed into this episode that I think athletes, especially young athletes can take a lot away from coaches too, because they're dealing with young athletes. And I think this is something that they can point to and say, Hey, look at Cody and all the stuff that's Cody Cody's doing now. And look at how he's used his athletic background to further his career, but then also look at how Cody's very aware of how his athletic mentality could also potentially drive you too far and too hard in a negative mental space. Right. So, um, man, he said, a, he said a lot of great things and he basically answered all the questions we had for him without us even asking. It was perfect.
1: I, I like sat back and I just listened and I felt like I was a listen, uh, you know, a part of the audience, <laughs> like I wasn't right. even one of the co-hosts. Well just, and I mean, and that's, you know, that's a, and that's a compliment for him in terms of like, yes. I could have listened to him for hours just with the things that he was saying. And just like, you know, the, like you said, he's dropping all kinds of knowledge bombs. So this will be a really good one. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I did.
0: Yeah. I did too. Awesome. Yeah. He was great. And he yeah. he, he made the mistake of saying that uh, he would come back anytime, which for us, is <laughs> such a, hold we are, we've had other we guests it. say that. It's like, I don't know if you understand what you just said, Cause we're going to take advantage of that, but no, he's yeah, awesome. And
1: have- yeah.
0: Yeah. And we have no shame either. Right. Yeah. Like we'll always yeah. ask.
1: <laughs> we have no problem.
0: So yeah. I, I do. And I do want to give everybody just a heads up. Uh, I think maybe what three or four minutes into the episode uh, we do lose Cody for a second. Cause we're on, obviously we're on zoom. So he, he kind of drops out for a second. So when you hear the episode, just bear with us, he does come back. You hear us chat for a while about nonsense. So, uh, just push of, through, you,
1: it. Get, you get the gift of entertainment from Josh and Deb. It's just, you're welcome.
0: Yeah. And if you, gone. if you're not used to it at this point, then you, I don't know what you've been doing or why you subscribe to this podcast. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> just a heads up that does happen, but we just kind of push through and, um, Cody comes back and then drops all kinds of, as, as Deb said, knowledge bombs. So, uh, get your notepad ready. And, uh, here is Cody Allen. See ya. Peace.
2: Scoreboard, the scoreboard, coaches. coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear
0: decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life. life, life. Get this thing thing started. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto.
1: And I am Deb McCollum
0: and today's guest is a former linebacker for Sacramento State football team and also the owner of Digital Cartel Media, Cody Allen. What's going on, man?
2: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks yeah. for making some time. It sounds like, based on your uh, Instagram bio and just you know us following you, you're a pretty busy dude, so we definitely appreciate you taking some time.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I've, I've always been like busy like but I, I shifted from just being just busy to like productive now because I used to just fill my schedule with nonsense and now I try to be as productive as possible. I mean there still are days that scroll on your phone too much. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like, definitely busy. I haven't heard anybody introduce me as linebacker in like seven years.
0: You know, like, I always... I'm I always... not
2: man, I turned 30 next month or in March so... Nice. I'm old
1: now. <laughs>
0: Hey, don't say that, man, because we're
2: older than you. So
1: okay. you're still the youngest one in this show right now. So I
2: have like eight years of football on my brain and body though. So
0: that's a good point. That's a lot to get we'll have to get into that. That's a different story for sure.
1: Yeah, Josh and I can't say the same for ourselves, so.
0: No, my my wife probably thinks that's the case, but no, I didn't, I didn't play any football, so <laughs> there's certain nights like, you sure you didn't play some football? Because you say some questionable things, but uh, um, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm always, I'm always, I'm never sure how to introduce like, you know, athletes who, you know, played at like a college level or beyond because I'm like, do I, t- do I go with their uh, position? Do I just say they're a former athlete? I mean, look at your Instagram, you're still kind of an athlete, you know what I mean? Like you're still oh, putting yeah. a lot of work in the gym.
2: Yeah. I try to train like an athlete. So no, 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 no. Believe me, it makes us feel good. Makes oh, perfect. Feel, it makes us feel like, <laughs> like we're still, we still got it. I still, I'm still out there every Sunday playing flag football with the young kids I'm trying to run around. <clears throat> with the nice. So uh, yeah, no, 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 for sure. I mean, football was and is the idea of football is such a big part of my life and how I operate as an adult and, my my well-being growing up and i know football catches a lot of flack because of like the concussions and all the collision and the injuries and i've had my fair share of all of them but uh wouldn't change it for the world you know it's definitely not only sculpted who i am as a man but also it reveals a lot of character so people always say like it's a character builder sure uh, i saw a quote a long time ago that said football doesn't build character reveals character so it teaches you a lot of stuff about yourself that you didn't know and whether you were put into those particular situations in life you wouldn't have known that about yourself so I'm oh there, yeah
0: for sure. absolutely for anyway, sure
2: paid for school so
0: hey there you go even yeah. better man so yeah um, and we want to dive we want to dive more into those things and, and more about your athletic background but uh, on this podcast we start with three warm-up questions from Deb so Deb what do you got for him this man this is the hard-hitting stuff so I, I hope you're ready
1: right. ready some sometimes they're more difficult than people think they are i think yours should be the first one i think is easy the second one is okay the third one that i have for you might be difficult so just get ready so just me. to kick things off so the first question um what's your favorite candy bar
2: snickers oh he was Boom. ready for it he yeah. ready <laughs> well i only like well, i only like one I only like, well, that's it, it.
1: Uh, yeah and that's
2: that's it i'm not a big chocolate guy unless like brownies or some stuff like that but like as far as candy bars go like i don't do kit kat i don't do milky way or any of that stuff we're in a
0: different boat and there's a reason why you look the way you do and the way you know i look the way i do because i love chocolate all kinds (laughs) so (laughs) it's a it's a problem for me
1: that's good awesome okay so he knew his favorite candy bar Uh so do we we still there we might be frozen to him.
0: That's true. That's usually what happens on our other podcasts.
1: The wonderful, the wonderful world of zoom.
0: <laughs> yeah. What... But you notice he got like frozen in a, like a, like a flattering picture. Like you I and know, I, when we get we frozen, it's like one eyes closed, you know, we're looking off <laughs> into the distance. So
1: I know I can't imagine how our faces are looking right now to him frozen. I know. I know. It looks like, it looks like he's posing right now. Like he's just like holding still with like a nice little smile. I know. Yeah. Uh oh. Oh no! And we lost him. <laughs> so we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep
0: going. Dang! It was only a matter of time. It's funny because before we hopped on the air here, we were talking about how he was having some uh, tech issues with different pieces of equipment that he has, and here we go. Yeah. He came back to bite us. So we're just gonna keep talking yeah. until he comes back. Deb, how are you?
1: Yeah. I'm good. How are you? That's a I'm first. Good. You never ask how I'm doing. So there's always a running thing between Josh and I. Oh, Anytime
0: she's putting out our family business probably, on the podcast.
1: I know, right? Our co, our co friend business. Anytime <laughs> he calls me with an idea, he just like jumps right into it. And it's never a, and, he, and it, well, you know, what's funny is that I didn't even notice until he said something. He goes, Oh man. I'm such a bad friend. I don't even ask how you're doing. I just kind of jump right into business. And I'm like, it's okay. You're a guy. It's what guys do. And yeah. so, and, and, that, and then after a while I started noticing and, I, and I'd be like, Ugh, you didn't even ask how I was I'm not yeah. going to ask me. So now it's a, when he it's asked, a problem it's just, you know, I'm sure he's avoiding a long story of how my day actually was.
0: Well, and I, you know, I was honest with Deb um, a few conversations ago and I basically said the bad part about the whole thing is that I actually am someone who likes to know how people are doing (laughs) so for whatever reason when we hop on this podcast like i'm just well we on our other podcast connectable check it out it's we were talking about creativity and passion last night right and so i think that's part of the problem is i'm so passionate about this that i just get locked in and focused and as a friend you know not great
1: it's like yeah when he's when he's thinking about the podcast and wants to talk about it he sees deb as a like a is it like a co-worker co-host not a friend it's like boom we're gonna talk about work and i'm like okay right uh, yeah it's okay i don't really tell it's okay i don't really tell you a lot of stuff anyway i tell your wife stuff so right you can right. ask what i'm doing that's fine
0: yeah. But see, that feels weird to me too. I'm not going to ask her how you're doing. Cause then it feels like I'm yeah. tapping into private conversations. Like, believe it or not, we don't talk about whatever you guys talk about because
1: that's
0: like, that's just like our, like between her and I, that's, and that's a, that's a, a good thing. I think as far as this podcast too, is like me personally, I like to think that if you tell me something that that stay, unless I feel like it's something that's harmful to my, like the people that I love and my family, like it stays with me, you know what yeah. I mean? Except for stuff I share on the podcast, but that's <laughs> That's right. something that I, I, I hold pretty dear. So I don't, even right. think you, I don't think you knew that about me. So and, like when people share stuff with me, I, I, I pretend or act like it's something that they're sharing with me and it's not meant to be spread to yeah. other people. So my, my wife is the same way. So I know when you guys have conversations, I'm like, I don't even ask about it. Not that I don't care. It's just I'm not like you didn't share with me. So
1: I just I mean, that's fine. And you probably wouldn't even want to know anyway. So and it's just that's that works out well for everybody then.
0: Yeah, I just like to know. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a locker room thing, right? Like I, I, there's a, a, a huge part of me, unless it's like something that's super harmful or dangerous, I feel like whatever is said in the clubhouse or the locker room should stay there within the team. Right. Because again, that's like family business. You keep it in house and you deal with it as a group. And that's why when you look at some professional sports teams, when someone from the clubhouse or the team leaks something to the media, it's a huge problem because, you know, it, 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 I guess it, it reveals that there's a problem. Within that team's culture, you know, what I mean, it's like, oh, there's someone here that doesn't value that team's culture or that team's privacy, and they're airing out family business. And I always felt it like was a problem. So, um, that yeah. being said, you know, I'm trying. I guess I'm trying to make myself look better because, like I said, I typically do care when I, like, if you and I oh. were off air, part- yeah. I'm gonna blame Zoom too. I feel like Zooms made it well, ba- made it worse because I feel like back in the day when we were recording in person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I usually asked how you were doing.
1: You do, because we'll like, it's a whole thing, right? Like we walk up into the building, we have to set everything up and like, while we're setting stuff up is usually when I start, you know, jibber jabbing, like chit chatting away. Yeah. I I don't even think I ask. I think I ask you not how you're doing, but how, you know, your wife and every, how your family's doing. Right. (laughs) I say, how is everyone? I
0: I expect that from you too. So it's all good.
1: Yeah. All right. Let me let him back in. He's He's back. back. He's back little side tour conversation with josh and deb
0: i hope you guys all enjoyed that now we get back to the uh the main event if you will
1: yeah he's back hey and he's here we kept them entertained for you we got you sorry about
0: that it's it's all good that stuff happens all the time Uh, snickers anybody anybody who's listening just let them know if they tune into this like skip the first five minutes and then get to your part because (laughs) they they don't want to listen to our nonsense
1: yeah we we have to say that. So at one point, Cody, you were frozen and we kept and but it was like we kept saying, oh, my gosh, he looks so good. He's like posing like the way you were frozen was like perfect. And then we were anyway, you missed a whole conversation of how, how dumb we look so dumb when we're frozen. Our faces it's look like when I
2: close and it's, it's awful. Yeah. You guys were frozen. I heard you and you were like, I think that he may see the us being frozen. And I'm like, no, like I can see and I can hear
0: you. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. We had no idea. So be honest, dude, was our face frozen in a weird way?
2: I restarted the computer so fast. I don't remember.
0: Okay. I feel like that's a, that's a nice way of saying, I'm not going to tell you how, how awful you guys look, but that's cool. <laughs> we'll move on. Okay. So Cody's favorite candy bar is Snickers. And that's then what we
1: left off. Yes. Deb, what's number two. Okay. So here's the second question. If you, I've never asked this question before, by the way, so I don't know how to word it, but if you can bring anyone back from the dead that you would love to have an awesome conversation with, who would it be and why?
2: Um, Anyone back from the dead, I would probably go with someone, probably Kobe. Mm. Kobe, Kobe's an awesome one not okay. because like I, obviously I've lived almost the entirety of Kobe's like I've for sure lived lived the entirety of his popularity obviously but um he's somebody that alive dead no matter what I think a conversation with him you could draw so many inferences from you could learn so much about life competitiveness I'm sure that you guys would love to have him on the podcast <laughs> that would be <laughs> fantastic for oh, sure so, oh man. yeah I think, and I'm not, even, I'm not even a big basketball guy, but that's a, that guy is a, an all-around or was an all-around competitor, athlete, you know. So and just so many different facets of life. So that's my answer. Yeah, oh, that's oh, a that's great a answer.
0: One. No, yeah. and you you think about all of the people that had conversations with him over the last what two or three years mm-hmm. um, before he passed, and you would hear stories like that where it's like they would have a five-minute conversation, but the knowledge he was dropping within that five minutes. Was stuff that are like, oh, that's going to help me for the rest of my life. So exactly. I have, I have yeah. no doubt that would be a an amazing conversation. Conversation. So that's a great choice.
1: Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so the third question I ask every single guest this, this is my signature warm up question. So I'm obsessed with music. I mean, my playlist changes on the daily. Right. Um, I, I think that music just kind of is a instrument that can speak to your soul like when you don't know how to speak for yourself so if you could pick one song i call it a life song so if you could pick one song that kind of just covers who you are and what you're about maybe not necessarily like throughout your whole life but maybe just in the season that you're in right now what life song would that be that's what i call it a life song
2: um I don't know anything that would cover, like, right now, because I think music's just so much. I grew up on old-school R&B. Nice. Yeah. That's just what I was raised on. That's what I loved. Obviously, then I went like, the punk rock phase and everything. Right now, I mean, my life is turmoil, so I mean, probably any rock song. But as far as, like, a song that just, like, hits me in the feels every single time, um, Mm I
1: don't want
2: to get the name wrong. It is yeah, you
1: yeah, and sometimes we like what, guests pick two songs. Okay, good.
2: What, what you won't do for love by Bobby Caldwell. that's oh. like okay. old school. Reminds me of my childhood. That is like always my go-to. Uh, my boys know that like if you ever need like old school R&B, that's my thing. I don't listen to it like as much as I should now because it's like it's, you gotta get in the mood for it, right? Sure. But uh, now I'm like obviously more mainstream, but. Anytime I hear that song, brings me back to like I don't know. I was like
1: seven, eight, nine, ten years old. <clears throat> nice, nice, yeah. awesome. That's hey, awesome. that was good. That was really so, good. So yeah, yeah. You survived the warm-up questions. So you made it, man.
0: I am. Yeah. I am curious though. Uh, when you were when you were playing ball, did you have a, a go-to song, like a pre-game go-to song?
2: Yeah, um, Ace Hood. Ah, uh, nice. I was talking to my buddy about that the other day. I was like, if you like go to like that and Lil Wayne was big sure um, so like fireman by Lil Wayne was bad mm-hmm. big. That's good. We on, obviously so yeah those are like my go-tos back then now kids have all sorts of music but when it, when it comes to like pre-game music it's really all about the producer and less of the artist it's got to have a good beat yeah. good bass and upbeat up tempo yeah um, but yeah so I'd say is like my my pre-game go-to
0: perfect I love it. Well well done, man. You survived the, the hardest part. So now we get to the easy part and that's all the questions about you. So, uh, we like to start off all of our guests with the same question. And that's basically take us through the journey of your athletic background, how you started, where you were raised and basically how you got to the place you are today.
2: Yeah, man. So my athletic background was probably a little bit unique. I was what we would call, I started playing baseball when I was five years old. Um, I was what we call an MPR kid Um, Minimum is required. So like whenever you play city ball, your parents pay for you to play there. They have to play at least three and a half innings because it's fair for everybody, right? Sure. I was was probably one of the worst kids in the whole city at baseball. Okay. I had like these nervous tics. Like I'd crack my neck a ton. I'd like blink a ton of times. I'd strike out every time. I was horrible, man. And then on Taboo, that time I hit like seven, eight years old, my parents split up. Um, and I got super obese. I got super fat. I was like, I was, to put it in perspective, I was 150 pounds in fifth grade and I wasn't six, eight. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, and so I wasn't, I wasn't good at sports. I tried soccer for a couple of years, but I'm not built for running like that in soccer. Um, and it wasn't until I got into middle school around like seventh to eighth grade that I hit puberty, I like stretched out <clears throat> and I got really good at baseball. Um, I'm super fortunate because my neighbor and some of my mom's friends that like helped with like city ball, my mom was like single mom for most of my childhood, made sure that I was in sports every year because she knew how beneficial it could be. Mm -hmm. um my neighbor and my mom's friend he was ended up like being a coach they'd always take me to the batting cages and I just literally would go I think she paid like I don't know 50 bucks a month and I was able to go unlimited and I would just go for like two hours to the batting cages I remember um and I got really really good at baseball um I remember our team was my all-star team my seventh grade year was one game away from the little league world series like playing on TV over in Boston (coughs) Um, but we got beat by Tri Counties up in Rica. I so still remember that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. Bad as my brain is now for football, I still can remember like distinct plays. But like, sure. forget, name, forget names right out the gate. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, I uh, I was a bigger kid, right? So I was 180 pounds when I was in, a freshman in high school. But my mom, <clears throat> being the protective lady that she is, she's always like, "Nah, you're not playing football." And everybody in my small town, I'm from Roanoke Park, if you guys know where that's at Sonoma County, Santa Rosa area. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom was always like, yeah, you're not playing. Everybody in the city was like, Margo, put your son in football, he's huge and fast. And she's like, no, no, he's gonna get hurt, like not doing it. He's in the band, I actually played clarinet. So she she was gonna send me to um, a technology high school where they didn't have sports, but I would have played in the marching band for my high school.
0: Oh, how crazy is that?
2: Oh, uh, crazy. Yeah. Literally, I always talk about my this with my friends, like we are just so fortunate. There's like so many decisions that are seem so minuscule at the time that will like you call it like, butterfly effect that will completely cause rifts in your life long term. Which brings I mean we won't get into it, but like which brings me on to like the whole high schools canceling their senior season for a lot of players. Like there's a lot of kids whose lives just dramatically change, right? um but anyway i uh i convinced my mom i was like i want to go to the cool kid high school the public high school like let me go there i tried out for the football team um and i was a big kid and i remember the first day still all the coaches were like if you didn't play pop warner because i was too too fat to play pop warner mm. i would have I been in fifth grade playing with eighth graders oh wow um based on my weight <clears throat> and so I uh, I remember the first day of conditioning. The athletic director now was the head freshman coach at that time, and they say line up in the positions for for like conditioning for sprints that you think you want to play. Well, I didn't know anything about football. Like I, there's not a there's not one athletic person in my family. If you threw a football at my stepdad at my mom I'd hit him in the face, knock him out, do the whole Charlie Brown thing, whatever you want to think of. Uh, yeah, and. So I lined up with the tight ends because I was like, ah, I, I see Antonio Gates. This is 2006, the year that LT won the MVP and had like yeah. a million touchdowns. And right. so I was, I was, that's when I became a Chargers fan, right? So I was like, oh, Antonio Gates, like I kind of look like him. Like I want to be like Antonio Gates. Uh, and they took one look at me and they're like, no, 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 no You go run with the offensive lineman. Like mm-hmm. you're a big fat kid. I, I mean, I was, looking back, I wasn't fat now, but sure. <laughs> you're a big kid. Um and then all I, I, didn't know anybody at the school. All I knew was just how to work hard. So I was like, all right, man. So I just dusted everybody in the sprints. And so after like two sprints, they're like, all right, you go to tailback. And I still remember that to this day, we were in the triple option in my high school. I didn't know what a tailback was. Um, and so I had to go home, Wikipedia, Google what a tailback was. And it's like, oh, it's a running back. Why didn't you say running back? Right. a tailback. And <laughs> now knowing what I know about football, like sure. there's this difference, right? Right. right um from there i started every single game we basically built our whole offense around me which was kind of stupid because we only won two games we basically just ran dive to play
0: <laughs> yeah okay yeah
2: <laughs> but uh but um it was still super fresh to me right
0: yeah
2: next year comes up and it was also it was something that like taught me how to like be like more confident as a person though so then next year comes up sophomore year and the head coach of varsity was like, Hey, you should play quarterback. And I was like, I'm way too shy to play quarterback. You're crazy. He's like, no, mm-hmm. I don't play running back. So I ended up playing quarterback cause that's what they do. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, and I remember just feeling like for the first time, at least in a long time, like one having like self-worth, but two, like I stood out for like the first in like a good mm-hmm. way instead of feeling like so self-conscious about my body and everything. Um, and so fast forward a couple of games, quarterback on the varsity team gets injured and I get pulled up to varsity. Started every game from my sophomore year through my, my last game, of my senior year, I played both ways, um, junior, senior year. I was like second team, all state quarterback and free safety. I played option quarterback, I scored a touchdown in every game I ever played in. So I was very polished in that sense. We lost sections my junior year. We lost after our first round by my senior year on a Hail Mary. Um, but I, I had a very good high school career. Mm-hmm. Um, and my high school has since done pretty well, you know, especially like with getting a lot of kids to come out and play and rally up a small city. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, um, I started getting recruited after my junior year. And I was, I'm like just over six foot, like 205 as a junior, and going through that process was new for everybody. There hadn't been a kid that got a scholarship for like seven years, I think, at that time. Um, and there's also just like being sought after, you know, like I didn't know a lot about schools and what schools were good and what position I would play at the next level. I didn't know, like my family was, didn't come from a football pedigree or athletic pedigree at all. You know, Sure. My high school coach was a high school coach and I love him to death, but like he was a high school coach. So it's was like, he had me at quarterback cause I was the best quarterback that could be as best athlete right on the field. But, um, moving to the next level, the coaches were always like, all right, like, like, I got scholarships to a bunch of schools to play quarterback. It's a lot of smaller schools. Like, I shouldn't have been playing quarterback. Realistically, I should have probably played running back at the next level. But then a lot of other schools are like, you could either be a really slow safety. And I got defensive player of the year my senior year. So I was, did, did really well, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you could either be a really slow safety or you, <laughs> for, for Division one, or you could be a fast linebacker. Uh, I was like, I'd rather be a fast linebacker, right? Sure, sure. Okay, exposed. So um, that's the path that I took. But it, it I mean, to even go back further than that, like football itself, like I, it helped me come into be, like find confidence in who I was like a young man um, because I wasn't confident. I wasn't like accepted initially. There was like the situation that happened when I was a junior where and even a sophomore I was a sophomore that got brought up in the very first game as a sophomore. I didn't start because I had a junior starting over me. And then this junior, basically the coaches were like, Hey, you're better. You're starting from now on. And it was just like, I felt like the people on the team were like, I don't know. It was like this weird turmoil, like starting over someone who's older than you is a weird thing. I faced it in college. I faced it in in high school. Sure. Um, But it helped me like really cement myself and find confidence while other people who are supposed to be like your comrades, if you will um we're looking at you like in in a negative way but they're also young too they're not like trying to figure out how to handle their feelings right right nonetheless um i i I had a good career and then moving on to college college it was tough because i had never played linebacker i played a very physical brand of football on the offensive side of the ball Mm -hmm. on the defensive side of the ball i played free safety so my head i was never engaging offensive linemen um i literally got defensive side of the player of the year because I think I had like five or six picks and like four pick sixes or something like that I don't know go on rivals or what what is it? oh max preps
0: max preps yeah yeah max preps <laughs> we, should, we should have done our research
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah, Max preps. um but uh so I was just I was just a I was a ball hawk right and so I got I was one of the first linebackers to commit and this is something that when I was younger, so I was like, I'm, I was really big on loyalty. um So this hmm. school, Sac State, was the first school that came and approached me. And basically, after my junior year, my jun- spring ball, they were kind of like, oh uh, yeah, we're going to offer." End up offering you a scholarship. Okay, like couldn't technically then, but they're like, kind of. Ne- I mean, they're not like LSU or that was or Tennessee that was handing out hundreds of dollars of bills and McDonald's sure. bags, but
0: right. They're
2: kind of like, "Hey, we're going to end up offering <laughs> yeah. you, right?" Yeah. Um, and they do that thing, you know, you're a young kid like so like, are you committing? And I'm like, I, yeah, I mean, I'm committing myself to you. Yeah. Um, i ended up getting a bunch of offers <laughs> after that, uh, like my verbal commit or whatever, but like, I'm big on like, Hey, I said I was going to do something. So this is what I'm going to do. Like I said, I was going, coming to this school. So I'm coming here. Um, in retrospect, I mean, I probably would have had a bigger career if I would have like, I ended up getting off from Utah, like the 11th hour or whatever, and then being in the pack 12 and then, ASU as well, Uh, not an offer, but I was going to go walk on there. But, um, that's another thing. Like I was looking, I was, I was a preferred walk on at ASU where I've made the team, but that's kind of a slap in your parents' face to turn down a free money to go pay $30,000 a year and out of state tuition. Right. Yeah,
0: That's a good point. Uh,
2: And that's just not how I was raised. So, um, anyway, after my junior year, it was kind of like, I was like their first linebacker to commit. So here I was, and this is how I explained to like the kids that I talked to now at high school, i started at the bottom when I was in high school, super unconfident. I finished at the top, very confident, best player in the league or one of them at least. Um, and then you go to college and you start right back down at the bottom again. But I was this highly touted recruit. And so I was looked at by a lot of the coaching staff. And there was a player that played right before me named Cyrus Mutalo. Mm-hmm. Super cool dude. Um, big Polynesian cat hair hanging out the back. his said like a two-time All-American at sack. He wore number 42 before me. And I was like his replacement, right? Mm-hmm. And I came in, and I would, when I kid you not, I was, in my mind, one of the worst players that first spring camp, or that first fall camp. Mm-hmm. I was... I didn't know what I was doing, man. It was such a fast game. I had never played linebacker. I'd never played four and a half yards away from the line of scrimmage. I was reading defenses, calling defenses. I was always playing free safety, you know, or quarterback. I was very comfortable with the ball in my hands. Um, And it was very humbling and it was like a culture shock. And so it's like, and all these coaches that they were like eating dinner at your parents' house, like, we want you to be there. Like all this kind of stuff. They now look at you like, Hey, what are you going to do for me now? Right. I'm like, I don't know. I thought I was just supposed to show up and party. And (laughs) I thought that's what we do here. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it was a massive, it was a massive character builder, man. It was, it was something that it wasn't going to come easy. You know, it was something that was going to take so much work and dedication for me to learn and study this game, and become the smartest player when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, which. Even though I got defensive player of the year, I think I was much better at offense in high school. Nonetheless, uh, I studied, I, I trained, and, and my football instincts week by week got better and stronger, and I was making plays, and I redshirted my first year. But by the end of the year, I got most valuable um, redshirt player of the year. Mm, nice. So I was the best, I guess you could say, freshman that didn't redshirt that right. season. Um, so that was like a massive accomplishment for me. Um, and again, I had finally worked myself up to the top, right. Mm-hmm. This was like my time to shine. There was a starting spot that was opening up, um, on the defensive side of the ball It was mine to compete for it. Um, and I went in and I did, and I ended up being a linebacker. I was a redshirt freshman. I still remember my first football game ever, ever was, a at Stanford against John Harbaugh, Andrew Luck, Richard Sherman, Stephon oh, wow. Taylor, Jonathan Martin. Like they had some – Shane Scott, they had some players on Kind
0: team. of a big deal, yeah.
2: Right, yeah. At that time – I mean, at that time, Andrew Luck was still a massive deal. He was a sophomore. He's a registered right. sophomore. Right. Um, but Richard Sherman wasn't as like a big of a name as I had ever heard, you know. Um, who else was there? Doug Baldwin was there. Oh, wow. Um, there was a lot of players there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we only lost by 17 because they took out Andrew Luck like, in the first half. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> sure. But anyway, um, and it was, a, it was just, it was an amazing experience. That whole year was just a great experience. Um, and I got a ton of PT. I was a retro freshman and things were just like looking up. And then after that season, the coach was kind of looking at me like, hey, like we had a guy that was re- uh, not retired, graduating, Peter Buck, he played a ton of time there. Like, hey, this is your spot. If you can go out and get it. Um, and it, I had the best training camp, fall camp. I was in the best shape. Um, opening game, we beat Oregon State. We were killing it. It was like a massive game. We were on ESPN and we going for two to win the game. It was, it was wild.
0: Nice.
2: Second game of the season, um, we're playing against Weber State. And... I was playing on both sides of the ball at that time, too. So I was playing fullback and I was playing um, linebacker. And I they put me at fullback because I can catch, right? You play quarterback, you better have good hands. And I still remember we still ran like the spider two wide banana that's what you see um, John Harbaugh always talk about and fullback's flat. Yeah. Uh, But to set that play up, you have to run power where the fullback kicks out on the outside linebacker. And something happened. Um, Basically, I was leading up through – And I went to go shock and separate and block and like my neck compressed. My neck neck compressed um, and I ended up pinching a nerve in my neck. Um, Something that I pride myself on, which is so stupid to say, is my entire college and high school career, I never missed one practice or game. I had a pinch in my neck and I still, from that point on, never missed one practice or game. And I played wow. through the injury, and it was probably a mistake at the time. But um, I don't know if you guys know what stingers are. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had probably two stingers a day, at least, for the rest of my career.
0: Oh, gosh. Now, what's that for people thing, don't, that don't know, what's what's common for a, for an, so, like a football
2: so player? A stinger is anything you press like? lengthen the nerve, and it feels like – Starts in your neck and it generally shoots down your arms, one of your limbs. It right. Feels like somebody like chased you. It's literally an electrical signal that's sent down sure. your nerves and nerve right. ends. And um, it ended up atrophying my entire right arm was just about as big as like my forearm and my wrist. Wow. And so my, my oh, rear wow. belt, my trap, my supraspinatus were just gone because from all the trauma. And so like the third, second to last game of the season, oh. I was running down on kickoff and I went to like hit someone and my shoulder came out. So I tore my rotator, left, rotator cuff and laid them too. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason why I even talk about any of this is that my entire career, and then I ended up obviously rehabbing it. Oh, well, I was given a decision. Rehab um, and build your deltoids up so big that it holds your shoulder in place or get shoulder surgery and miss your whole senior season. Mm. And I was like, "Well, I've never missed any."
1: Yeah, I so, bet that wasn't an option for you.
0: Right.
2: All right. Yeah. And so I'm a 21 year old man or boy, whatever you want to call it. We're literally the most stubborn people that are yeah. on this earth. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not doing that." So uh, the reason why I bring this up is just like every time in sports, you're there's nobody like we could look at all these like athletes that are out there, the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like there's nobody that just continues to ride high their entire career. It's very seldom. I'm always like staying in key, like with like the recruits of like my class and the recruits that are coming up and like, where are they now type things? And it's like, you never see the top 10 recruits. Like there's one guy on YouTube he does top 10 recruits of each year. The top 10 recruits of my year, Manti Teo is the only guy that's still playing. And it's like that guy, but even Manta Teo, like he went high and low, high and low, high and low, right? <clears throat> There's right. hardly anybody who just stays riding high. And so football taught me how to deal with adversity so much. And it's like life, yeah. everything that we deal with knocks you on your ass when you're riding high. And it just teaches you, or what taught me at least, to just remain vigilant even when things are going well. Yeah. Um, and that just ties into like, so much of my life and like how I started my business and and people always look at the Instagram and they think like oh like this guy's just it's just well, he he just wants to wake up every day at 6 a.m and just do this shit doesn't he and I'm like yeah. god no <laughs> there's <laughs> That's no funny. way well
0: you actually uh I think it was was it last week or the week before you actually posted something about that right it was something to the extent of hey a lot of people are, are saying man you're just built different and how that oh, anno- yeah. annoys you you know what I'm talking about was that last week
2: yeah. It's funny. Cause I was actually triggered by, I've been reading David Goggins book can't hurt me.
0: Yeah, sure.
2: And that was one of the things that he said. And, and it's funny. Cause I've always thought that like, um, I, I will always be empathetic to people that like, like things are hard. I'm always going to say like, things are hard, yeah. but they're attainable. Everything's right. attainable. And people always go like, Oh, like, like you're like, you're like crazy. You're crazy. You love to do this stuff. Like, I do not love to do this stuff. I love the outcome. I do enjoy the process because I enjoy putting myself through that because I like in real time seeing myself overcome obstacles.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But like, I am the last, because so, that's why I always have to make it a point to tell people like, like I grew up, I didn't have my first, I didn't know I had my first kiss, Way into high school. Like I like, was not sought after by women in any capacity. <laughs> I was not in shape. I was yeah. not fast. I was not strong. I didn't always kind of have big legs cause I think I was lugging my big ass body around always <laughs> But uh, uh, pictures yeah. of when I was a little kid, but yeah. like <clears throat> nothing, nothing has come second nature for sure. I will say that football did come like as far as like hand-eye coordination, but I kind of attribute that back to playing baseball early um, cause I did take to football very quickly. Sure. But um, outside of that, like, I mean, things don't come second nature. Like, I there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that like, people don't see like people are always like, oh like I wish I owned a business so you could like cause I put a shirt on for you guys. I usually just not wearing a shirt ever. <laughs> people are always like I, I don't want, want to bring that up, but I, I have noticed. <laughs> I have noticed. <laughs> people always like uh what do they say?
1: They say like,
2: oh like I wish I could just be like working from home and doing all this kind of stuff. I'm like, no guys, like I've got like seven of these full and they all start. At seven thirty, with walking my dog, and this one goes till eight forty five tonight, and eight forty five yeah. right now, yeah. and then like all every I because I'm I, maybe it's CTE, I don't know, but I have to write everything down. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very I'm yeah. very scheduled, right?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um.
2: And, and yeah, it it had a lot to do with that post because there are people, and it's not aggravating for me because like it's like oh I'm so tired of hearing people say this. It just makes me think like I don't want people to ever look at me and be like. I don't have what he has, so I can't do what he does. It's like, no, you are yourself and you can do exactly what I do and probably do it better in a lot of ways. It's just, you haven't tried.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Well, it's, it's, wow. you know, just going back like when I look at yeah. your entire story and where you started the story playing baseball and not being very good. And then you go to each different phase that you went through. I think the common thread is the fact that at any one of those moments you could have, just said, nah, I'm done. I don't really want to do this anymore because there are so many obstacles in front of you. And so, yeah, like you said, it's people look at you and think, man, he must have it easier. This must be just how he's like biologically and mentally, this is just yeah. how he's built. But really the common thread is, no, you're someone who's incredibly determined and you compete at everything that you do. And I think that's something that anybody can do, right? You don't have to be the most athletic or the smartest or the fastest, but if you have that determination inside of you and that willingness to compete for everything, I mean you can accomplish a lot.
2: Right. Yeah. And I even have on a mirror down in my garage. Um, I don't even know where it came from. It's for sure stolen from someone, but it's how you do anything is how you do everything. And yep. it's like I just try to bring the same attitude. Like I remember I had a boss when I was working at Wells Fargo and he was a total asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he, sucked. <laughs> he sucked. But
1: yeah, told me he was
2: like he told me he was like, um, I don't care he's like the type of person that i am he's like i wouldn't care if i was the janitor he said if i was the janitor he's like i would be the best at picking up trash in the guard in the in the parking lot he's like if i was clean the gutters he said every single gutter would be clean he's like i just see a lot of people that think that they kind of play it's like very equivalent to sports they play down to the level of their competition right you think that because you don't like your job. If you just do it at subpar because you feel like you have a subpar job, well, you're going to continue to have a subpar life. If you think that working out sucks or this workout's stupid and it doesn't mean anything, and you're just going to put a half ass effort into it, you're going to continue to have a subpar physical fitness. And that goes into the same into your mental health and to your physical health and just into everything. So it's like, yeah, am I overkill on a lot of things? Yes. But I would much rather be overkill than come up short in a lot of things in life. And that's just kind of like I mean, it hasn't served me wrong yet. I've been, we only talked about like the kid stuff, right? Like I got fired from a job that I got recruited to. I was like a top recruit for this job. I was, I was financial advising and like banking and like basically paperwork error, not paperwork error, but I was, I couldn't work for them anymore. Walk into work one day. I'd never been fired from anything in my life. And to kind of put on this one, I worked at this one company for years and I became one of the best in the region doing the most dollars in revenue, most in lending. I got so much so that I got noticed and recruited to another company and they're like, Hey, come work for us. Like you're a little all-star or whatever. And finally I found like I found myself again, because a long time, a lot of, I actually wrote a book about this, um, about how I define myself after football. And I talk about, I talk about especially with men because we get so strongly attached to identify to like sports. Especially athletes, because I see so many in my circle. Like, we are football players, right? And then football's gone. What do we do? So you see people turn to food abuse, alcohol abuse, like just any sort of like stunting vice that they have. But anyway, so finally, felt like I found myself with my career, and then I got fired from my job. Hmm. I was like, holy shit! Like, what do I do now? Right. Like, I, like I, I I, was the best at what I did. Like, what do I do now? I think I was like 24, 25. Um, I was like, no, nah, I'm working. I'm going to start my own company. I was like, i going to work for myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how. I have my degree in economics. Couldn't tell you anything about politics, economics, GDP. I know what it means, but that's about it, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> sure. But um, I didn't know anything about running a business, but I was like, you know what? I don't need to know how to run a business. I need to know how to be who I am and I need to bring the same attitude and learning. So I used this computer, not this exact one, but yeah. I went on YouTube and I just learned shit. Right. Learn how to make money online, learn how to understand things, right?
0: Sure.
2: Same attitude that I had to take when I was a freshman in college. I didn't know how to play a linebacker, right? But I had resources, I had time. I could allocate my time and resources to figure out how to do it and then do it at an extremely, at a better rate than anybody else to separate myself from the competition. That's kind of how we came up with the name digital cartel because I Googled and I was like, all right, what does cartel mean? And it says basically a set of companies that monopolizes something and set the pricing at a new, at a new standard, a new rate. And so our slogan's always been the new standard of business development. So we're going to do things so much better than everybody else that we are now the cartel of managing marketing, (laughs) marketing, right? I want everybody else to look around and be like, all right, we can only go to that one person because that's the standard that's been set.
1: Wow. Yeah. You have such a, you totally have an entrepreneur mindset just because you're so like self-led, self-taught, like you said, you're like, I'm just going to jump on YouTube. I'm just going to jump on Google. And that is, that's sometimes that's a rare thing. And for you to like, continue to believe in yourself well, you have the athletic mindset, right? Right. So like you're competitive and you strive for, you know, near perfection. Like you want to like, keep trying to, you know, get better and better. So I can imagine that that is what, has contributed to your success like do you agree uh, in terms about the athletic side of you
2: a hundred percent I attribute a majority of my success to my athletic background I also attribute a majority of my demise to the same thing like I'm somebody who at the beginning of last year I sought out a therapist I had a friend who's a therapist and I was like hey it's like who do you know that like deals with like CEOs, entrepreneur type mindsets to help them basically like, um, billions. I was like, I want a therapist, like the lady, yeah. from the Wendy,
0: service. Wendy Rose. I love billions, man.
2: Yeah. So I was like, I want something like that. And my friend was like, she's like, well, I, I specialize in like, I have all types of therapy. So basically we got down to it, but obviously I'm um, not like that at all. It's not <laughs> sure. like a billions TV show, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. but, uh, she's helped me identify some traits that I've adapted that, Work extremely well within a football game, but in, football games are short segments of your life. I can push myself balls to the wall for three hours, and and I'm gonna survive it, right? But mm-hmm. what I've done in my life, and this is something that I can kind of like attribute to especially young entrepreneurs, is is I always continue to move the goalpost.
0: Hmm.
2: Like I like I, I she's always like, when's the last time you like satisfied with the work that you've done? And I'm, I'm never like the type of person that's just like, oh, like, good job, Cody. You're doing so great. I've never been like that. I'm never, I'm never going to be like that, but I need to learn to be like that more. yeah But uh, I've always been somebody that's like, I don't, I, at first I was like, I want to make a, I want to make a hundred grand. All right, cool. Didn't think I could do that. Maybe did that. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll make 500 grand. Did that. And like, continue to move the
0: sure
2: And now I'm at a point where it's like, hey, when are you going to like tell yourself that you did a good job or like how, like you have to start setting goals. And I'm not a huge fan of like goal setting per se, because it's hard to quantify certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, the, the, my whole (laughs) point being is that athletics made me successful. And if you're not careful, some of the traits that you also pick up in athletics could be your biggest demise. And that's something that I had to learn, you know, um you see that with a lot of yeah. a lot of athletes, and I can only speak on football players, you know a lot of guys that go pro that end up going bankrupt after mm-hmm. a lot of guys that yeah. feed into addictions yeah. a lot of guys that the reason why they were so good at what they did is because they thrived under the spotlight, and then sure. the spotlight's gone, and so they try to recreate that spotlight and you see them in the news for the wrong things you know so it's like at the end of the day um, i I love what this athletic background was done for me I encourage all young people and older people you know I think there's so many benefits that tie in like like I'm a business owner right what I do on like Instagram and like I'm not a trainer right but I, I train myself like I'm getting ready for the AFC <laughs> NFC championship games next right. week right yeah um, for sure my so Mahomes can't play this weekend my phone just rings I don't know maybe yeah. any got <laughs> my cell phone number
0: <laughs> that would be amazing
2: <laughs> uh, but uh, you never know uh, there, there's something to be said about people that continue to push themselves like athletes because it yeah. makes you mentally acute. And I think, we, and I, I think that really to be the most complete person, you can't have one without the other. You can't be very well put together mentally and have poor physical health and vice versa. You know, right. <clears throat> so I try to find some sort of balance.
0: That's great, man. That's uh, yeah. I'm glad you said that because something, you know, one of the questions we had for you and you just, you hit right on it was, you know, how's your athletic background, helped or led to your success as a business owner. But and we've asked that question a lot because you know our thing is we've there was a, a study done a while ago where they said if you look at a lot of these CEOs or people that are really successful in their in their craft or their career, most of them have some kind of athletic background. Now, it doesn't mean that they played D1 like yourself or even pro. They may have played, they may have been a bench warmer at the high school level, but they were still in that system of athletics and it ended up benefiting them because of all of the skills and the disciplines they learned while they were doing it. But I don't think we've ever had anybody talk about the fact that that can st- that can go too far. Right. You know I mean, and that can actually push you into a place where it's mentally unhealthy for you because it's like, you're so driven that it takes you to a place that, you know, is not, not the best. So that's interesting. I'm glad you said that.
2: Yeah. A year ago, I wouldn't have said that, you know, but I, I yeah. like, like I said, and I'm an advocate for mental, just in general, like I am a, 230 pound muscle tattoo dude that goes to a therapist. I'm not yeah. perfect. Right. And I'm, I'm yeah. a man. guys don't guys hold that close to their best. They'll tell you about DUIs and bankruptcies before they tell you that they go to a the therapist. Right? right. <laughs> uh, it's like more yeah. of shameful thing ever. Right. But, um, yeah, no. And it, to your point about like, they might not have been like standout athletes or whatever. I think it's just kind of like when you're starting a business, yeah. you almost need to work every position. So, that eventually you can understand what it's like to be for your employees, right? Like, I can't have an employee that's coding something and me like tell you how to build a website. No, I've never done it myself. Mm-hmm. And so, to your point about how <clears throat> some of the other high level execs, maybe they were never all stars, but they were bench warmers. But being a bench will teach you a lot about yourself. Yeah. It'll- that's it'll me. Make you a, <laughs> but it'll also make you a very some of the best coaches because you are actively participating in everything it also depends on your attitude how you bring to it you right. can just sit there kick your feet whatever and be like oh i should be playing type thing yeah or you can study you can learn the game better than anybody else because you don't have to, to do the physical reps you can learn and you can be a part of the team and and you still gain all the the sense of togetherness that you get from it or right. you can be a kid that was great and then not great or vice versa. There's so many different roles on a team. Everybody wants to just be this booby Miles-esque superstar, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I want to go back to what you were talking about as far as, you know, you making that decision to do the counseling thing, because I feel like, and you kind of touched on a little bit as athletes. And I think especially, specifically as male athletes we tend to have an issue asking for help right like you you see this stuff on instagram all the time you see the stuff on youtube grind 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 right hustle 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 and usually those things fall on the individual right you're you're listening or reading those things it's like you've got to grind you've got to keep pushing it you've got to be you know moving forward and very rarely are they talking about hey sometimes you do need help right so it's like a balance. You got to find those times when, yeah, this is on me and I got to keep pushing. But then there are those moments where, and it sounds like you got to that point where, Hey, I need help. So what kind of, I mean, I guess how difficult was, was it for you to make that first step and say, okay, I'm going to do the counseling thing because I, I can't do this on my own.
2: Somebody as stubborn as me, you got to fall flat on your face. You got to fail, you know? Um, and it's came in multiple facets, you know, it's came as when you're scaling a business, can't do it yourself, right? You need help people, I've always said this in the past, I had a, I had a revenue generating vehicle, but I wasn't running a company. I wasn't, I didn't own a business Hmm. say, um, now I'm at the point where I have people that help me scale this business. Right. And then especially like with the therapy, there was a time like 29 now. So maybe like 27 years old, like I was super depressed. I was looking for, I was looking for like happiness in the wrong things, you know? Um, there wasn't coming in money. It wasn't coming in like partying. It wasn't coming in any of that. So I was like, Hey, like, what is the issue? Um, and I was just, I mean, i very much, so I've always, I've re- I heard, re- watch this documentary, like six years ago now it's called the mask you live in hmm. highly recommend it for especially young men. Um, and it's about masculinity in society and how masculinity is portrayed on young men from an extremely young age. And what they say, one of the things that really, it's like a lot of football, all of former football players are in there. Um, hmm. There's a few like just parts that have stuck with me over the years. One of which was you could go to, you can start a fight in any playground in America. If you walk up to these young boys and you ask them, who's the biggest to see on the playground. And it's like, because so much showing emotion is looked at so "quote unquote" like feminine, and it's like that is like if you want to use the term toxic masculinity. Or I, I mean, I don't like that term, but like it sure. is what it is. But then there's also thinking about how many great musicians did we miss out on, or how many great actors did we miss out on because it's it's too feminine to be in theater. I could have been the I could have been the best clarinet player ever. I would have never That's known. I didn't point. want to go to technology high school. I played football. Yeah, I think I made the right decision. Worked but, out, yeah. Uh, I was, I was first clarinet. So you never know, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so th- that, that, really stuck with me. And then um, the last one was just like, P- you never really know what people are dealing with. And the whole premise of the whole thing is that there's this guy who works in the inner city and he wrote down on a piece of paper. He asked all the kids in the group, to write down on a piece of paper. So on the outside, write down all the emotions that you show people on the inside, just write down all the emotions that you don't. And then on the outside, you have like mad, angry, hard or whatever. And the inside, like have to take care of my mom, like sad, miss my dad, like a lot of heavy, heavy things that these young middle schoolers are dealing with. Right. Right. And so I've always had it like in my head that like, I wanted to really focus on like being an advocate for mental health, but you can't do that unless you do it for yourself first. And I knew that like, while I was having a ton of fun and stuff when I was in my mid twenties and later twenties, Um, I was kind of just like chasing happiness and so I said that the only thing that's going to handcuff me from being as successful as I could ever be is myself and so I sought out a therapist and I was like hey like help me take the handcuffs off of myself you know somebody who from the outside world looks like they got it going on like I was dating beautiful girl at the time I was um very successful i was doing a ton of things physically fit or whatever but it's still like i wouldn't call it a facade by any means but it was still just like i was very i'm very much it's a level playing field when it comes to somebody that needs to work on themselves and that's why i try to urge people like don't don't take what you see on a screen so literal about someone or think that they're so much better than you or you're so much better than them because right. everybody's facing their own demons. Everybody's going through some things. And as long as someone's working on it, this is why the company 10,000 that I work with, this is why I was like, it was just a dead on match. Like their mantra is better than yesterday. Mm, um, that's good. Like football. I had a football coach, coach Parker. kind of an asshole too. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <love him>. as <laughs> there more, seems to be a theme. <laughs> I mean, he's my deep coordinator. so us
0: follow you around, man.
2: Me, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he said, every single day, get 1% better. He's
0: like,
2: yeah. 1% better for the kid at the bottom of the roster is going to look a lot different than 1% better for the kid at the top of the roster. But every single day, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Right. Fast forward eight years, I find this company 10,000 that things better than yesterday. Every single day, just making this stride in the correct direction. Um, I think that I thought at least, still kind of do things, that like most of my life was working in the right direction. But I was just kind of stagnant as far as my mental health. And I have friends that I've referred over to therapy now. And I was like, I know what I'm doing. I could walk into any gym in America and I could just go do a workout. I'm very comfortable in the gym, but there's some people that they need and they need a personal trainer and they need to go and have a personal trainer for not forever because eventually they start to live and breathe what they're doing in the gym and then they learn. And then maybe they just can just read stuff, programs online. And then maybe they're making their own programs. I said, treat your mental health the same exact way. I was like, maybe when you first start, you need to see a therapist once a week, every other day if you really messed up, you know, once a month. And then moving down the line, you get better at and you have to find uh, more healthy coping mechanisms for things that trigger you. So then maybe you only go once a month and like, and then maybe it turns into like, hey, let me just update you when things happen in my life. So your right. mental health needs to be taken just like your physical health. It's so weird that people will spend hundred dollars a month on a gym membership uh, $120 a session with their personal trainer but then when we look at uh going to a therapist they're like 150 bucks like it's too steep for yeah. me yeah <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it's weird how that works yeah it is crazy though <laughs> I think that it should be a little cheaper but I mean it's worth it right I, I'm sure right. I, I I I truly believe that it is something that over time you get better at Over time, I'm not saying that you're just like go to therapist; you're going to be happy. But over time, you learn how to deal with things that happen in life. Because things like we talked about at the very beginning of this, life comes at you fast, always, right? When you're when you're riding high, when you just when you've been seeing a therapist, you stop. You're like, ah, I don't need to see you anymore. You get broken up with two days later. It's like, all right, Mm -hmm. I'm calling back. You know, it's like, right? It's just it's just how life works. How life is going to work, and I'm always going to be an advocate of bettering myself. I always tell people like uh, I'm like once I'm like married and like 50 or 60, like I'm fast food every day, done working out. I'm tired of doing this. And people are like, no, you're not. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's yeah. a nice thought. You know it's a nice
0: thought. You can dream.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's awesome, yeah. man. This has been this has been really good. I feel like uh we sent you the questions ahead of time, man. Cause you like you've hit on every point we we had for you, yeah. man. So this has been amazing. Um you know we want to be respectful of your time and uh, and your schedule. So we just had. Well, let me ask you this before we get to the the more serious ending. Uh, who's winning the Super Bowl this year? Packers. Oh, I love hearing that. I'm a huge Packer <laughs> fan. I'm a cheesehead.
2: I'm not, not. I'm not like any football fan, but from what I've seen from the Packers, yeah. And I'm like a Pat McAfee guy. so I listen to this podcast. Yeah, i seen great. Packers every Tuesday, but. I, from what I'm seeing from them, I think that they can get after the ball or they can get after the quarterback and pass rush. They play extremely well in the back end. Yeah. Um, they can run the ball when necessary, and Aaron Rodgers makes every throw as well as Patrick Mahomes, but I think he's a better decision maker.
0: This makes me so happy. I, I, I wasn't sure what you were going to say, but I'm so glad you said it. I've been a, a Packers fan since, I mean, I was like – I think my first, the first memory I had was Desmond Howard running back that punt return in the, uh, in the 90, 96, 97 Super Bowl. And ever since then, it's been, a, I've been a huge fan. So, uh, I get end the podcast right here and I'd be happy. That's what, that's all I need to hear, man. <laughs> I think uh, it's
2: tough to bet against Tom Brady, you know, but I'm still so worried.
0: Hard. I'm still concerned.
2: I, I think going through Lambeau too. I think everything's leaning towards the Packers. It's kind of like the Chiefs last year. Nobody picked the Chiefs really. Everybody was like on the Ravens. Everybody was on the Patriots and then, and then the Titans and the chiefs are kind of afterthought because they kind of squeaked by every single game right now I'm seeing this kind of the same from the Packers. Like everybody's like chiefs, chiefs, chiefs are barely beating teams. Sure. The
1: Browns are good, but anyway, yeah.
2: Packers.
0: Perfect. That's all I needed. All right. Nice. So yeah, <laughs> you want to ask the last question?
1: Yeah. So we have one more question for you. Um, we ask every guest this. So of course this is the character combine podcast. Um, you know, just the basis of this, um, you know, organization is that winning goes beyond the scoreboard. Um, So what we'd like to know from you, and you've kind of touched on it throughout this entire episode, which has been awesome. But the question to you is, tell our listeners, uh, what does character mean to you? And why is it important?
2: Character to me um, is something that really defines who you are kind of, it's kind of like integrity when nobody's looking. Yeah. Um, the thing about that is that doing the right thing or, or working hard when no one's looking, and I think I just posted about this yesterday, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, you can't lie to yourself. You are gonna know if you cheated yourself, if you're short on a Um, and who's that ultimately hurt? It's gonna hurt yourself. <clears throat> Character for me really means just doing being a hundred percent with yourself, the amount of work that you're putting in. And then if you have something left in the tank to get, do it, you know, because it always comes full circle. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's awesome. Love it. I love that.
1: That's perfect. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, Hey man, we definitely appreciate you taking some time, some time to talk to us. Um, you said a lot of really, really good things. And I think this is going to be really beneficial for both coaches who, you know, have influence over young athletes lives. And then obviously the, the athletes who might be going through similar things that you are, or you did when you, as you were kind of coming up through your athletic career. So um, yeah, this was, this was awesome, man. We definitely appreciate it. Where can they, where can they follow you on social media and all of those things?
2: So also, they're just always going to be the Cody Allen. Uh, my website is the Cody uh, Talk about the book that I have on there. It talks about like my upbringing mentality how to run a business and marketing using your athletic background. Um, and like I said, I'm always dropping stuff like on YouTube and whatnot too. So just the Cody Allen.com.
0: Perfect. Deb, where can they follow us?
1: Yeah. Awesome. You guys can follow us on Twitter at sports character, Instagram at character combine, Facebook. Did I miss it? YouTube. Anything YouTube, else?
0: That's it. That's pretty much it.
1: <laughs> you got it.
0: You got it. Cody, yeah. man. Thank you so much. Thanks, and uh, good luck with everything moving forward. We appreciate it, man.
2: Thanks guys. You too.